Good morning. Welcome to Simply Remarkable, created by Remarkable, a Speakers Bureau. And I'm your host today, Sue Falcone, founder and CEO of Remarkable, a Speakers Bureau. Now, why did we create this show? We did this for you. Our audience that joins us here, we want you to see the remarkable talent that we represent and book at Remarkable, a Speakers Bureau. And we also want you to get to know them personally, just like we do. And you can also see their value as a speaker or performer, whatever you need in the events industry. And you never know. We never know. You might be looking for the next speaker and you find it right here, or you might know someone that is. So we never know. But you also get to see how remarkable they are and how they can help you be remarkable too. Now, our chat line is open. We're ready for your questions, comments, shout outs, anything. We'd love to hear from you. And today's guest, I'm so excited to have this guest today. It's been a long time coming because that's how busy he is. But he is the award-winning, world's leading business strategist, keynote speaker. Fortune calls him the master innovation expert. He's a best-selling futurist and trends author, the remarkable Scott Steinberg. Now, he recently received the prestigious 21st Century Icon Award in London, England, bestowed by members of the House of Lords. Now, Scott, we are so excited to have you today. Sue, it's great to be here. I appreciate you having me out this morning, and thank you for that wonderful intro. Hard to lead with that at cocktail parties. However, nice to be here. I think we just sum it up by saying futurist or maybe valet. As you know, I'm a parent, and sometimes I feel like a little bit of a bodyguard. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We've got to do that. we got to do that. And where are you coming to us from today, Scott? Because our speakers and performers travel all over, so our audience always loves to know where you're at. Sure, sure. Zooming in from the East Coast around New York City, as you might imagine, the Big Apple. All right. That's a, yeah, that's an exciting place to be. Now, Scott, this 30 minutes goes by so fast. We just never know. So we're just going to jump right in. Now, Scott, tell us, where did you grow up and who was the greatest influence in your life? So I actually grew up, spent most of my life up and down the East Coast, but Atlanta, Georgia was the place to be deep south, if you can't tell from that thick Southern accent. I think having parents coming from the Mideast probably helped me to even that out over the years. Uh, but essentially, in terms of the greatest inspiration, believe it or not, I look to a number of folks who are either independent musicians or professional wrestlers of all folks. I always thought these were very interesting personalities. They always had great and fascinating and timely messages to share, but they did it in a way that they spoke the language of pop culture and they found that it really connected with audiences worldwide. So it really made things that otherwise might be complex, quite approachable. And I've tried to do that with a number of presentations and programs that we put together to really make things fun and interesting, but also impactful and to have a positive message. Wow, that is great. And who was your greatest influence in doing all that besides just those? Well, actually, I would have to say in terms of influences, if you look at what was going on, again, it was a, a lot in the independent 
musician scene. So Henry Rollins, believe it or not, he's one of the famous singers. He was involved in Black Flag, and he always had a message of social justice. He always had a message of challenging people to think more critically, to think smarter, and to really to dig deeper into the issues at hand. So although he was a performer, he actually at the same time was an educator and has since gone on to become quite a powerful speaker and motivator of his own. Wow. I'm, yes, I know who that is. Yes. And also, Mid-South Wrestling. Hey, that was the surprise. Look, I'm from Oklahoma. Mid-South Wrestling was our entertainment. <laughs> you know? You so know that's what, I mean, what's fast? If you think about it, these guys aren't just performers when they're up there, right? They're also talking to the audience. They're building their brand. They're really trying to get positive messages out there, get people excited and enthused. And so they really kind of found a common denominator and a great way to connect with people of all ages, all interests, not always all about the body slams and leaping off the top ropes. I mean, their performance and theatrics is a big piece of it. But of course, these folks in many ways were independent business owners of their own too, because they would go from league to league. They had to manage their brand. They had to sell their merchandise. And I think if you notice the common denominator here, I look at a lot of DIY experts, a lot of folks who are finding ways to make things happen on their own. And I always thought that was super important and motivating to see is that anybody at home, anytime, anywhere really could transform themselves overnight if they simply put their minds to it. That is so true. And you do that well, that you bring that message to us because you've got several books out that I love called Fast Forward. That's a great one. And we've got one featured over here, How to Have Fun at Work. Now, look, those are two great ones that I can see where you started and how that came about. So that's that's fun. That is so fun. Now, growing up or when you got in, in deciding what you needed, wanted to do, did you always think about innovation, the future, trends? What was it that really sparked you into going into the field and career you're in now? Sure. Well, you're not thinking about it as such as you're growing up. I was just a guy who liked computers, video games, software, movies, music, and the like. But what you could see was that year in and year out, if you look more granularly, that the top charts in any given field, whether it is films, books, video games, and the like, were constantly changing. And I always wondered why it was that people couldn't really simply remain at the top of the charts year in and year out, that things were constantly shifting. And what happened was I became a writer. So I started a website reviewing video games and software and applications out of our college dorm room because I wanted to stay connected and see what was happening. And I thought it would be a great way to connect with innovators and top names in every field because I got a chance to interview them and speak with them and find out a little bit more about how they tackled business and marketing and other common topics. And that led me to a career where I was essentially freelancing and was the change innovation technology and gadgets guy for hundreds and hundreds of magazines and newspapers, such as the Los Angeles Times, the New York Times, and CNN, which then led to a career of self-publishing books, speaking and consulting. And what you see really, again, is that we applied a similarly grassroots approach as some of these other individuals, the musicians, for example, that I was talking about before, to our own business, to our own brand. And I think as I got to do it, you know, you're constantly having to come up with new strategies and solutions for setting yourself apart and staying ahead. And eventually you learn that people call that innovation and future-proofing. You don't really think of it as such. You're just trying to earn three square meals a day. Right. And I think that's where we can get make things so complicated 
you know, and calling it by everything. So they think, okay, I've got to do this. And I'm like, be yourself, <laughs> follow your dream, well, follow what you're, yeah. you're an expert at. And, uh, you know, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's that's the funny part about it, Sue, is actually, so when we started out, the first book that really put us on the map was called Make Change Work For You. But I think originally it was going to be something along the lines of make it work or figure it out, because really that's what you see that differentiates the most successful people from the people who kind of deviate from where they had originally thought they were heading in terms of career, life, work, and all that, is that things happen along the way to the successful people, but they also make a point to happen back. So essentially they say, hey, look, I'm always behind the wheel. Even when I take a slight detour, I can always steer things back towards more positive outcomes. And really, I think that's the secret to success in life and business is to just keep forging ahead, keep plugging away at a problem and constantly looking for opportunities or detours that maybe you can take that can vault you further in the end. That is, I love that, happen back. That's a great concept, you know, because I think people today can get off track and they go in because they're drawn in so many different ways, just like uh, our speakers are. And, and they don't stay on message of where they, you know, were, were focused at and they have to get back and happen back. I love that. I love that. That's a great concept. That's a great concept. Now, Scott, you speak all over the world and all kinds of different industries. But today, since we've got event planners, we've got everybody that joins us that are interested in speakers, not only for your content, but also, you know, what we do here at Remarkable. But what do you see as the future of events of how they're going to look in the future? What, what, what are some of the key things in our industry that you can share with us? Sure. I think you're going to see more connected, more online, more hybrid, more live streaming. But on top of it, you're also going to see different formats and setups. So perhaps programs and sessions are presented as fireside chats. Perhaps they're short interactive exercises, games and learning activities that people can play. What I really think you're going to see is we're going to be shifting to a model where it's not just day of attendance and day of content, but you're also going to have to have content that lives on online and mobile platforms so that people can consume and learn and enjoy it in the way that they want, when they want. But on top of it, I also think that with attention span shortening, people becoming more focused on actionable takeaways that they can leverage if they take the time out of their busy schedules to attend these events, you really need to create programs that are a little bit more fun, a little bit more interactive, a little shorter, and maybe take a more creative approach to helping teach new technologies, trends, and other concepts, rather than parking them in a room and having somebody talk at them one way for 90 minutes. You are so right, because the event planners of today keep telling me what they're looking for is someone that can create an experience. They're not looking for a speaker. They're not looking for a presenter. They're not looking for um, a lecturer. They're not looking for any of that. They're looking for someone that can create an experience which is engaging, impactful, great takeaways, humor, the whole work. So you just hit it on. We are we are ready to do that because that's our talent of today. People need to know if you're going in this industry, that's what you're going to have to face. And for those that do not want to embrace technology of today, yeah. 
you just gave us the the message that hey do you want to stay in business is this where you know you're going to have to look my broadcast director you know when we got together to plan things we knew that this this is a medium that that is important to our industry so anyway thank you for sharing that we appreciate that and in connection with that what do you see you mentioned online and you mentioned virtual is virtual still going to be a big part of our industry in the future oh absolutely i think so people are going to want to tune in anytime anywhere from wherever they're residing in the format or using the device that they want so that they can enjoy and consume the content at their own pace I mean, realistically, the other thing, too, is certainly you can have some exclusive items that make day of event programming a must-see, but we also want to try and get more value from any program that we put together. So when you are building a meeting, it helps to extend audience reach to online or folks who are tuning in digitally and also helps to extend the value and impact of that content beyond the day of so that you can have it as online courses, little snippets that you can share on social media. You're really thinking about ways that you can package and present content so it doesn't just live in one single format, but rather you can use it across an entire omni-channel range of solutions. And maybe you can find ways to adapt and utilize that content day in or week in and week out. Wow, that is so key because one of our goals at our bureau is to become the virtual bureau of the world. In other words, we have performers and speakers that do virtual out of sight just like you, you know, the fireside chats, the things that you put in that you do that will rock people's world. But like I tell people, we have to be masters at it. In other words, you have to learn how to do that. You have to learn that virtually you can impact people and that, you know, even though you don't have a live audience all the time or whatever, you have to feel, you know, they have to feel like you are. So that's that's key. So thank you for sharing that because we're on the right track. And we just want to make sure everybody knows that this is our future. This is, especially traveling. It's hard sometimes to, to get into different places to travel, but virtually you can, you know, so that's that's another another part. So thank you for sharing that. We appreciate that so much because like I said, that is our future. And um, sure. someone said the other day, you have to embrace it, right? Well, that's the big thing. I think a lot of people think like change management, innovation and creativity sometimes seems very difficult and time consuming and expensive. But we try to remind people that the best way to adapt to change is to make some important changes of your own in turn as well. And oftentimes to do it proactively to essentially plan for tomorrow today so that you've got all the strategies, solutions, resources, and capabilities in place that you need to more effectively pivot and deal with whatever tomorrow brings. And in fact, a lot of what we do as futurists is just encourage people to ask more what if questions. And by asking those what if questions and by using the art of scenario planning to sort of role play your way through different future focused scenarios and possibilities more often, you're going to be a lot better prepared to greet whatever the future brings. Great message. Ask what if questions. I love that. I love that because a lot of people don't take the time to do that. 
You know, they That's it's right. kind of crisis management, isn't it? It's like, okay, we're going into that. All right. But they didn't take the time to, and yes, we need to plan for tomorrow today. That, that is that. Oh, I love it. We always get such good quotes out of this. We always, people are saying, we love to hear these because these are short, but they're very impactful. And so you, you've captured that. I, I, I quote you all the time because you have, you, you have the short, and you get the impact of it. So thank you for, for sharing that because that's, that's really a key. And this is going to lead us right into the next topic of conversation that everybody's talking about and they're still not clear about it and they're not even sure where it's going. But tell us about AI and how you see it impacting our industry. Now, I'm only involved in our industry, even though I see all these kind of things. So I want to see what your take is on AI and according to our industry. Sure. Well, let's talk about the importance of AI and just how quickly it's coming up. So AI is going to transform literally every industry, every job role, and every company going forward. And in fact, AI is the fastest growing technology of all times. So to put things in perspective, it took ChatGPT about two months to rack up 100 million users. However, that is a feat that it took TikTok and Instagram about two and a half years to achieve. So there is a tidal wave of change headed our way shortly, being spearheaded by AI. Now, to clear one thing up, I don't think AI is going to suddenly come and take anybody's job. But what I would tell you is that given the transformative power that AI and machine learning have to reinvent entire industries and job roles, if we do not take the time out to learn how to utilize AI and all these new technologies, then it's entirely possible that somebody who knows how to work with these new technologies and trends more effectively, they might take those jobs instead. So from a mice industry perspective, if you think about it, you can use AI to automate outreach, marketing, you can use it to generate social media content, even entire event programs and course curr curriculums. You can also on top of this, for example, use AI to poll audiences, figure out what they're looking for. It can write entire books, speeches, white papers for you. So you actually have a tremendous amount of ways that you can leverage AI, both in terms of predicting what audiences are going to want and also finding different ways to transform content or break it up into smaller or larger fashion and then use it to better connect with them and engage them both before, during, and after an event program. I see that concept. I see some things that, you know, I view chat gpt and those open ais simply as advanced google searches because we've still got this you know those kind of issues but as far as creating content in our industry do you think ai is going to take that over because well i don't think it's going to take it over completely right as meeting planners well know audiences people they always want a human connection right it's not necessarily about hearing the words it's about the delivery it's about the presentation it's about really connecting with the audience however i do think anything that's an automated or routine task or maybe part of what we see is busy work or has to be done as part of event planning that can increasingly be outsourced to ai going forward and by the way this is before we see the mass arrival of so-called AI agents. And by AI agents, I mean artificial intelligence programs that are smart enough 
to work like personal assistants. You can basically give them a task, such as planning an event or meeting, and it can go out and perform a series of follow-up tasks by itself without further prompting, including finding a venue, getting pricing for catering or suppliers of different kinds. Really, that's where AI is going to take us. And by the way, in March of this year, there were about 60-odd thousand AI startups, 15,000 of them just in the U.S. alone. It's about to be late November, December here very shortly. Just think about how much more prevalent that technology and those companies and all those types of tools are going to be. So I really think AI makes a huge impact going forward. And we're, we're not quite equipped to realize just how fast it's going to come on here. So it's really important that we start playing around with it and enjoying it. And by the way, a lot of these tools are free. Message. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. And um, like I said, we've been, we've you know looked at a lot of them. But what happens when, and this is realistic, this is real time, and this is why I had to make some decisions in my bureau and across the, the board, because currently clients want to make sure mm -hmm. that our speakers that their materials, their content is created by them and not by a machine. They also want to make sure that it's not using someone else's material that they can take as their own. Uh, so what, what do we have to answer to that? Well, what I would tell you is, as you pointed out, these are all certainly important and valid concerns. And AI, in some ways, is at a very primitive phase. But I also want you to keep in mind that, like any other form of software or technology product, AI really is the worst today that it's ever going to be. It's only going to keep improving and getting better over time. And by the way, eventually, we're going to reach the point where you're probably not even going to be able to discern the difference between something that a human and AI has created. But of course, AI has to be trained on pre-existing data and information. It's prone to errors, mistakes, potentially plagiarism. So I can understand, especially in an age where people are seeking more human connection, that you would want to provide creative services and speaking services by real humans. However, as I sort of alluded, I think going forward, we are going to see AI and humans working hand in hand, man and machine, to be more effective going forward. And a simple example or case of this might be, hey, if I'm a speaker and I'm looking for some analogies or suggestions or some historical examples to make a point, to illustrate a case or to really provide a case study with a little bit more details and facts, AI can act as your personal assistant to go out and retrieve some of that information. But of course, as a human, you need to double check it. And you need to think about how you put it in your own words and use it for your own purposes. And that gets back to, yes it can't do everything for us and we want to make sure we're using it the right way. I think that's, um, I posted a blog today that, that uh, you had written and we uh, wanted to make sure everybody saw that was about the evolving workplace. And yes. in it, you mentioned this leaders and companies need to make the decisions upfront, learn <laughs> how it works before they just roll it out and say, okay, this is what you have to do. You're just supposed to know it and you go find out. Okay. And uh, so I think that's in our industry too, with AI, we've got to know what it is. Yeah. We've got to know the advantages. And we also have to make sure that we are not, you know, using it 
uh, like I said, without uh, making sure that we have checked everything out. Because again, you know, it's our thoughts, it's our um, creativity that makes who we are. And so, um, and I don't think AI uh, can, can take that, that emotion that we can play. So again, thank you for letting us know, because I think we're going to all have learning experiences. I can remember before computers. <laughs> yes, I can. Absolutely. And, but it was a slower move to the technology than it is today. So what are some suggestions if people are saying, okay, I don't want to be closed about AI, but where do I start to begin to understand in my industry what it is? Sure. Well, like any other new technology or trend, it's important to set up a series of listening posts for yourself and set aside time to play around with these new technologies and tools to get to learn them a little bit better. So I realize we're all more strapped for time, but if you're tuning in and listening to online thought leaders, if you make a point to attend different conventions or take online courses or stop by virtual events, if you make a point to speak with clients and customers, you can find ways to stay a little bit more up to date with what's going on. It's really about having to devote, let's say, if not an hour every day, at least a few times a week to research and find out more about these solutions and to make a point, like I was saying, to play around with them. A lot of these AI tools, there's dozens of them now. They're free. You have all sorts of plugins, basically tools that let you add features in seconds, often for next to no money or free of charge. And it's really about getting comfortable with these capabilities because the reality is the beauty of AI is that it makes this technology much more accessible. You do not have to be a technology wizard to get in there to play around with it and to understand where it can benefit you. And the more that you fiddle with it, the more that you experiment, the better equipped you're going to be to deal with whatever tomorrow brings. And I should point out just a quick thing here. It often seems like the future tends to come on fast, like it's suddenly here overnight and we've been caught flat-footed. But the reality is most of the time that train has been coming into the station for quite a long time. So case in point, AI itself is about 80 or 90 years old, depending on who you ask. But it's only like quarter four of last year that we really start to pay attention to it. So we tend to put things off and ignore them until they seem like they're right there in front of our face and we're caught like a deer in headlights. So again, this is why it's important to plan for the future right here, right now in the present. The more you can do that and the more you can educate yourself and get to know these solutions, the better equipped you're going to be to deal with what to whatever tomorrow may bring. And of course, certainly it's always been change is hard. And so we have to make those decisions and choices for ourselves. And thank you for sharing this, but at least we have, you know, some places to start and ask those what if questions. That's, that's key. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. Now, Scott, looking back, what is it that makes you smile about where you are today? Well, it's the fact that a lot of times you don't have formal training, you don't have formal background. It's not like I've worked for big corporations. It's not like I have patents or PhDs to my name. I get a kick out of the fact that we were self-taught. We figured this out on our own, which means that if goofballs like us can do it, anybody else can do it when they set their mind to it, which means that just about anything in life is approachable, is achievable, if you're willing to be persistent, if you're willing to approach things from different angles and ways of thinking, and if you're willing to come up with a vision and stay true to it, oftentimes you got to be your own biggest champion. Not everybody's going to see your vision. Not everybody's going to agree with it. 
and certainly nobody's going to see it as clearly as you do. But the more that you put your mind to it, the more that you're going to find that just about anything is achievable in this life. The key is simply not to give up. As long as you're still playing, there's still cards on the table, you're always going to find ways to win and get ahead. And by the way, that's one of the things that makes me smile is we oftentimes hear people say, hey, look, you know, we're kind of worried. I'm going to fail in this. I'm not going to achieve. It's going to be costly. It's going to be time consuming, maybe even embarrassing. But the reality is that's how we learn, right? And anything that you attempt in life and business presents a potential learning opportunity or a way to build bridges to new opportunities. And if you take that mindset, you realize that you're always going to find ways to win and get ahead. And it's been 30 years. We're still here. So I'm confident that anybody else can do this. <laughs> that's a great motivational for today. Like you said this morning, hey, this is Friday. This is a great day. And to close today, Scott. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do to be remarkable today? Well, you know, I think I'm going to actually get out there and parent, take some time off, relax, take a little bit of a break. It is a Friday. You know what they say about all work and no play. I'm going to relax, detox, and just enjoy the weather, enjoy being outdoors and really spending time with family. And I think, you know, day in and day out, any one of us can be remarkable. Any one of us can be someone's hero and any one of us can make a difference in this life. So I think we all do our little part. We all have our part to play. And I think it's a great weekend and a great time to be doing it. And, you know, again, it's not always about success in business. It's not always about financials. It's about really creating relationships, goodwill and enjoying your time and giving your best each and every day. And you do that so well. Thank you so much for being with us today. This was remarkable. Now to our audience out here, what are you going to do to be remarkable today? That's our challenge to you because take a minute and share with us or give us the comment later because we'd love to know what are you going to do today to be remarkable? And again, thanks Scott so much for joining us and everyone. We hope you will come back next Friday, November the 10th. Golly, Scott, and I was talking time. It's almost Thanksgiving. Okay. And it'll be Christmas. Okay. But where our featured guest next week will be the award-winning sales management strategist, keynote speaker, and best-selling author. And the one when salespeople aren't winning deals at desired levels or price points, executives and business owners turn to Lee Salt. You won't want to miss hearing all the latest in the sales world next week. Now, we invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you won't miss an episode of our show. And you can go back and see all the episodes just in case you missed anything that Scott shared with you today. And also, you'll see all the videos of our talent that we represent here at Remarkable. You can see them live and in person and make your choices then. And we hope that you will choose Scott as your next speaker. You just contact us today. We'd love, we'd love to send him your way. And uh, we hope that you have a remarkable weekend coming up and be safe and have a wonderful Focus Friday. And we'll see you next Friday. Thanks, Scott.